Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Today, Nikki and I are kind of reflecting on how 2020 has gone for us as teachers and personally, and kind of looking forward to what we want to be really intentional about in 2021. So Nikki, why don't you start out with giving one of your um, top five moments from 2020? Yeah, um, I'm really glad we did this because sitting down and reflecting, and I've seen a few people on Instagram say that they were doing this. Uh, I think it was Abby Brown talking about how she kept a journal and went back and looked at like all of the highlights of 2020 and how that really reframed uh, reframed her thinking. Cause right now it is hard. Like a lot of craps happened in 2020 and it's really easy to like focus on all of the negatives. So just even us sitting down thinking of our top five, it was really nice to, to reflect on like, you know, all the good things, like there's a lot of good things that happened in 2020. So, um, I guess my first one is the start of this podcast. Uh, I mean, we took a leap uh, of faith and, and uh, kind of started this in, in the midst of the pandemic. And, and really, it, it made the top five, not because we've had great success with it, but just because we've connected with way more teachers. We've provided support for teachers. And we started it kind of for ourselves to kind of get ourselves through um, the tough time. And it's really turned into more than that. So... I yeah, and I would say too, that was one on my list as well, but we had talked about it for so long, like for over a year, probably just back and forth, Nikki would say, we should start a podcast. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. And then I would say it. And then she would say, I don't know. And, um, like, and literally. We, <laughs> right? we found so many excuses not to do it. And we were so worried about what would people think, or is anyone going to listen? And we always tell our students just to go for things and try new things. So we kind of took our own advice there and just went for it. And I, we've been having a lot of fun with it and yeah. we don't pay much attention to how many listeners we have or anything like that. We just hope that we're even able to provide resources to one teacher. That's kind of what our goal was from the beginning. Yeah. What's another one on your list? Well, the one that I have kind of, I guess I kind of ranked them a little bit, but um, I started a new job in the pandemic. So I, back in April, no, end of March, because it was right when traveling wasn't really a thing and the and got that job and started it in July and then started teaching there in August with middle school students and it's been kind of a a whirlwind but it's been really fun to work with new students and I've been in person the whole time so that's been a blessing too to get to meet my new students in person and I would say one of the best decisions I made this year was 
kind of, uh, you know, stepping out on a limb and, and applying for that job and starting it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole thing, getting the job, interviewing for the job, it was all a little different with the pandemic. So, uh, and then during all that time too, like you're, I don't know, personally, I was like trying to hang on to everything that could stay normal. And so how easy would it have been for you to say, you know what, not this year, like I need, I need to stick with what I know because of everything happening. So I feel like that was a bigger change this year than it would have been any other year um, for you. Yeah, definitely. My next one, which kind of goes pandemic um, themed is like my growth and my learning. I feel, you know, we went obviously virtual last year and then this year for about a week and a half, uh, just for a hot second, we were virtual. And I feel I could see a huge change in me delivering instruction online from last school year to that time this year. And I've now presented virtually far more than I ever thought I would. And I can really see the growth that I've had um, engaging with an audience virtually. And so it was definitely pushed outside my comfort zone. And I know you and I talked a lot about, we just felt out of our element. And I I felt like I lost my spark. Like as soon as we went virtual, I felt like all of the things that I'm naturally good at, I wasn't able to do. And so to try to figure out how to translate those things to virtual and still love your job was no easy task. And so I put that on my list because, I mean, I hope to never be virtual again, but I know that in ag ed, we really do a good job of using our resources and being, being connected uh, across the, the, the country. And now I just feel like I have tools in my toolbox that would not have made it in there without me being pushed outside my comfort zone. Um, There was a lot of complaining and a lot of hatred for online learning for me, but I feel like I feel much better because of it. Well, and I think that it's really important that you said that because it's okay for those that are listening to at times hate your job. It's okay to not be 100% in love with teaching all of the time. And I think a lot of times we look on social media and it's like, everyone loves their job. Everyone's having this time of their lives, but everyone's posting their highlights. No one's going to go on social media or very few people are going to go on social media and complain about how terrible teaching is at certain points of the year. But even when you look at yourself, like there's been times where I've looked at my own social media after having a hard day. And I'm like, here, I just posted on our center FFA Facebook page, all these cool things we did, but dang it, I'm tired. I don't want to go to school tomorrow. I need a break. Um, we, I don't know, you and I have been talking about that the last few days, how out of all Christmas breaks, I've been like the most unmotivated I've ever been. I have not worked on school, which go me, that should make the list. I've not really worked on school until what, yesterday when you and I sat down. So it's, it's just a different year. And you, I don't know, you just have to give yourself, give yourself some credit and some grace. Um, 
Well, and I think too, like, it's also important to be like solutions based. If you hate your job right now or don't like certain aspects about it, it's okay. But what are you going to do to get your spark back? And for Nikki, it was presenting and kind of for me too, attending conferences and we have Germinate coming up and I know that'll light my fire again too, but what are you going to do instead of just, it's okay to complain, obviously, you know, every once in a while you have that friend that you complain to, but what are you going to do about it instead of just sitting and complaining? Yeah. That always helps me, especially when I get into the worst mindset is, and I always have the close people in my life that are like, okay, Nikki, enough's enough, figure it out um, to get me out of that because it's a terrible place to be. Uh, And I think every teacher will dread going to work at some point in time in their life um, because of various reasons. Uh, And like, I'm not ready to go back next week. Uh, I'm excited, but I'm not ready. So just find your thing. And, and I don't know, I, I encourage you to sit down and write your top five, or if you're a journaler, like Abby was on Instagram, I, I would never keep up with that, but I think a fabulous thing to look back at all the good things and maybe do that weekly. If you're, if you need to power through second semester, look at all the amazing things that happened in that week, um, to keep yourself going because I don't know if I maybe would wasn't virtually presenting would I have seen the growth would this have made my list maybe not uh if we you know we went virtual for that little bit this year and I reflected on it just came a little more natural I knew what to do I knew how to engage my kids in a different way so um yeah take take a moment sit down write your top five um if you don't post about them but if you want to post about them brag about yourself a little bit. I don't know, text your top five to a few of your close Aggie friends who are going to be able to cheer you on because I don't know, this, this did a lot for me right here. So Brianna, what's another one of yours? Another one of mine kind of along the lines of yours. I presented at um, NAAE convention this year and I really didn't want to because <laughs> it's so far outside. It is not an understatement. Nikki pushed me a lot to do it but I mean you see those people that that are presenting and they are kind of like the elite people and not only did I present I presented a live workshop which was very intimidating um especially because it's virtual you know I presented last year at NAAE but I had two other people I presented with and it was also in person so presenting it virtually was a step outside my comfort zone, like I said, but for it both, was, I mean, for both of us, for sure. Yeah, it was a, I'm really glad that I did it. I, what did you do? Like for those listening, what did you do to prepare yourself for that? Like differently than maybe like in person. Right. I, I guess I wrote it all out and I said it to myself like so many times, like presented it basically to an empty room, which I probably wouldn't have done if I was doing it in person because you just go with it. But um, yeah, virtually is like a whole different ball game. It helped me like when we practiced together. um, Oh my gosh, you guys should have seen my very first (laughs) presentation. So bad. Uh, Which... I don't know. I guess I kind of practice when I'm going to present in person, but not like I did here. Like this, I, I mean, how many times do we zoom and like 
physically practice our virtual because making sure things worked. Um, I don't know that it sequenced well, it was engaging. I mean, how, like, I feel like we spent 40 minutes just thinking how to engage people virtually, which in person, those are things that maybe we don't always plan out like to the T because we just naturally do them. So, yeah. Well, and I think too, like virtually is a whole different ball game and like we got so good at it and we had all those ideas because we were virtual. Yeah. Like how many conferences or sessions or, um, you know, workshops did we attend virtually this year? Some were really great and we got ideas from that and other ones were like, I sat there and I listened, but I was also doing a million other things at the same time mm-hmm. because they didn't do anything to engage me. Right. So I used all of that to help me present as well. Yeah. I think too, I'm a very terrible procrastinator, but with that, I like worked on it a little bit and walked away from it and worked on it a little bit more and walked away way more than I've ever done when I plan an in-person event. And the reflection time was really, I don't know, was really important to me. Like, I know you kind of did the same thing because you like did a little bit and then you were like reading some, you were like rereading some of your favorite resources. And there was an, a few other resources that you were like digging into and like constantly changing. I don't know. That's something that I maybe need to do more of because it really worked well uh, when I present and prepare things in the, in the future. And I don't think that anything virtual, like virtual conferences or virtual sessions or whatever are going away yes, we might be in person next year, but I still think those virtual conferences will still be there. So it's going to be important for us to, and anyone to reflect on what did you do that really worked for your students and how can you leverage that in the future for other Mm -hmm. events? One of mine was facilitating teacher turn the key at NAE. Um, I was there so many years ago and it was a life-changing, career-changing Uh, professional development for me and it was it has always been a goal of mine to facilitate that Um, and when I was asked um, by Elisa this year to help facilitate I was so honored and excited uh, because I mean it's really come full circle um, as being an attendee and now I got to facilitate and and uh, engage with those those young teachers um, yes, we were virtual, which, uh, first ever teacher turned the key virtually, but I think that us all together, uh, changed the way that that conference has been done and, and pushed us as facilitators, pushed them as attendees. And we kind of get the unique opportunity to, uh, engage with them for a whole year until we're at NAE next year. And that's not normally the case. So I'm really excited. And that might be, I mean, we might look back and there might be things that we do at Teacher Turn the Key differently because of our experience virtually. So it it was an amazing experience. I learned so much um, about me. We had guest speakers, listening to them, just sitting back and listening to them was was empowering for me. And, you know, I've been teaching for almost 10 years. So uh, I just that's, that's near the top of my list. I think it was a really big deal. And 
um, Jessica and Rachel, who I facilitated with, are just rock star teachers. I could just, I wish I could sit in their classrooms uh, and watch them teach. So getting to facilitate alongside them was uh, what I needed to kind of light my fire to finish out first semester. Yeah, I just remember how excited you were about it and how much like time and effort you've put into like getting to that level. So it was really cool. And I don't know, I guess kind of perfect that it happened this year. Yeah. Um, so the next on my list um, was becoming a National FFA Teacher Ambassador. So we both applied to be National FFA Teacher Ambassadors back before the pandemic started. And when they were interviewing us, it was kind of right in the middle of the pandemic. I can still remember I was at my fiance's house and center when they interviewed me because I was teaching virtually. So I didn't have to be at the school. Um, Do you remember how we were like worst interviews of our lives? Oh yeah. No, yeah, it was over the phone and it was, did not feel confident about it, but we both got accepted and we did the training in June and have been kind of doing workshops throughout the year and different and networking and stuff like that. But it's been a really awesome experience. We weren't really sure what to expect or if we wanted to do it or not, but it's been really fun to network with the teachers that are ambassadors, other teachers that aren't ambassadors and have questions about resources. And I think the highlight for me is getting to network with the National FFA staff because often oh I gosh. see those people and like they're so unreachable because they're, you know, these elite National FFA staff and they're there for teachers. They're there to support yeah. us and answer questions. And that's been really fun to get to know all of those people as well. And they like treat us so well. Like I've never, like, I wish they, I don't know, ran our school. Like they are so kind and so thoughtful, like all the time, not just in June when we had the training, but I mean, constant check-ins right. and making sure we're doing okay and I mean yeah I Sarah Dickinson she's she's kind of like in charge of us quote-unquote but like she sent us emails for our birthday like telling us happy birthday yeah like simple little things but we need those little things and I don't know it's just been a really good experience it's been different than anything else that I've done too uh and I don't know yeah meeting I, I mean, I, I hope to someday get to be with everybody in person, um, but meeting them virtually and kind of hearing like the same struggles and the same, you know, celebrations that everybody was having too. So, yeah. yeah and applications will be opening up for those, I think in February. So if any of you guys are interested. Yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah. Think about applying, ask us questions, reach out to other ambassadors. It's been an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. And you can be in any time of your career to, to apply. Uh, I learned way more about the resources out there. I mean, yeah. And like you said, like those people are just all the national FFA staff. They're just, just there to help you. And they will literally like stop what they're doing and help you. And they're always like actually listening, like feedback that we gave them in June they've already turned around and done things that we asked to be done. So yeah, definitely. My next one is I finally officially finished my master's degree. Official, official. It I only can, took how long, Nikki? We won't do the math. 
<laughs> I did really good up until I had to start my research and then I really struggled. Um, no, I, I mean, I changed my, I changed what I was kind of the, not what I was re researching, you know, I was researching the perceptions of inquiry-based uh, teaching and learning in agricultural education, but my outcome is what I changed. And I was so tired of it, but thankfully my advisor, Dr. Marks, um, rather than just like, you know, pushing me through it said, let's try something different that works for you. And did I love it the whole time? No, <laughs> but I'm really proud of the outcome and I would not, I would not have this outcome without him. Um, so if you're listening, Dr. Marks, thanks for, you deserve a raise for all my stubbornness, <laughs> but um, yeah. But it, for the best too, because like what you came up with now is awesome. And it's so much yeah. more you than yes. you're the one. Right. And he could have just said, nope, this is the only path. You take this path and that's the only path. And he kind of said, let's, let's pave our own path, which wasn't easy because no one's done it before. But now um, rather than coming up with just a paper, I... I created an entire uh, professional development to train teachers on inquiry-based teaching and learning to give them the tools to do that in their classroom. And, and I think what's so powerful is for me, it's going to impact people like, and I'm going to see it. I guess I'm kind of young in the sense that I need a little instant gratification sometimes. And so I'm excited to, in February, get to present it to some some leaders in uh, NDAE, um, some leaders at North Dakota State University, and in hopes to impact pre-service teachers and teachers in ag ed in our state. And hopefully uh, that can be expanded in the future and what I create and facilitate can be done regionally, nationally. So um, yeah. I think, I think you're right. What I did create is totally me. Took me a while to get there, but um, I couldn't be more pleased. Ironically, I walked in graduation like a year ago, which is the running joke because I walked, but then didn't really graduate. <laughs> but I'm glad I did because walking in my graduation is so important to me. And I know it is for you, but like for me, I'm the only one with a with a master's degree in my entire family. I was the first one to ever receive a bachelor's degree. I've paid my entire way through my education, um, coming from a very poor family. Like this is a huge deal. And so it meant I've walked through every single graduation and it meant a lot. So I don't know, the stars aligned. For some reason I walked, um, got to walk with my good friend, Jenny. I have pictures. Uh, of me doing it my family got to be there and if I didn't I wouldn't have got to and so I I mean it all worked out the way I guess it was supposed to uh, and I'm I'm excited for it so we can joke about how NDSU let me walk earlier but um, I'm so glad I did so right yeah I I will be finishing up this spring and I might not get to walk and I I don't know, maybe I'll do it a year after I graduate. I'll get to walk, whereas you did it a year early, but- We'll break into the Fargo Dome. We'll put on a big thing for you. Right. 
So I kind of putting you on the spot a little bit, Nikki, but I see often a lot of times on Agate Discussion Lab, people talking about master's degrees and, and questions and whatnot. So I guess two questions for you. First, why did you decide to pursue a master's degree? And what advice would you have for teachers who don't have theirs and are thinking about it? I pursued a master's degree because someone told me I couldn't do it. I wish I had a, a nicer answer. I mean, I did want it because getting, I remember vividly sitting down at the lunch table. I had come back to my high school after I'd graduated and was sitting with my ag teacher. And he, I mean, Kevin Nelson, my ag teacher in high school, he, I mean, he's the reason why I went to college. Um, he's the reason why I got a master's degree. I remember vividly him telling me, get your master's degree. Um, so yes, I mean, he pushed me. So, I mean, that was always, that was always there in my mind. I don't know if I would have done it without him though, because he told me I could. And it was because he told me I could that I knew I could. So, but um, there was someone in my collegiate life that did not feel that I would make a fantastic teacher. And this was my journey to, to prove to that person that uh, they were wrong. So that's a really petty reason. But if those of you that know me uh, are not surprised by that. So, um, and my advice, you know what? I almost started my master's degree as soon as I got done student teaching. Like I applied and everything um, and then didn't do it. And I'm so glad I didn't because I took classes with teachers who, and I mean, you take the path you want to, but there were, there was other egg you know, teachers that were going right into their masters and they'd never, I mean, other than student teaching, never taught. And there were some things that came so easily to me because I do it every day. And for them, it was like their undergrad all over again, pretending, well, what would I do if I did this in the classroom? Well, for me, like one class, I had to write 31 page papers. They were so easy because I literally do everything we had to write about um, every single day. And there were some people in that class and these people weren't in egg ed, but they struggled because they've never taught because they went right into their master's. So whenever somebody asks me, I always tell them to get a job, teach for a while, start their master's because number one, get, get your feet under you, get some context. So when you're in your master's degree, you have context, you have a network of people to help you. And also, um, hopefully you're in a school that's gonna help you pay for it. Um, and why, why front that bill yourself if you can even get a little bit of help? Um, so that would be my advice for people. Um, maybe be a little bit more motivated than I was at the end there, but <laughs> yeah, I would do it all over again. Right. So, um, what's your, what, your fourth one, right? Or your fifth one? Yeah, my last one. Um, so we had our region three conference this summer and I was the ideas unlimited winner for region three. And I was a little bummed because one, I didn't get to present at region three. I had to do it virtually. And then two national, like the national conference got canceled. But I do th think that's a highlight for me just because I kind of put myself out there by even applying with my ideas ideas unlimited at our state conference and winning region three was awesome there was a lot of other really great ideas 
presented as well. And I think the highlight for me of winning that Ideas Unlimited is that I got to go to the national conference this year for free because it was virtual. And then I'll also get to go next year. So I'm kind of guaranteed to get to go to NAAE two years in a row, which is a really big deal for me because it's such an awesome conference and Mm -hmm. you get to network with so many people and see all that. Awesome awesome thing to put on your 2021. Yeah. Like you'll get to go to NAAE, you'll get married. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) For those of you that don't know, I had to postpone my wedding from this summer to next summer. So maybe in 2021. I'll get married. We'll see. I mean, you're for sure going to NAE. The married part, I mean, verdict's out yet. <laughs> um, my last one is that we were selected for a national premier chapter award in two, in two areas. Uh, and I just, it made the list because we, as a very small chapter, I feel like do a lot of things for our community in a variety of ways. And whenever my students um, get the opportunity to be recognized outside of our community, it's always exciting because there's a lot of hard work and dedication that goes into some of those activities. And just seeing, I don't know, all their hard work kind of pay off and they don't make the activities to be national chapter contenders. They make the activities to make an impact. If anything, I'm always like, how can we make this better? <laughs> I'm always the one that's like, what can put us on, uh, you know, in the top 10? And they're just like, what, what's going to impact our community? So it's always fun. It's, it's a surreal experience. It's one of, I would say it's the hardest FFA competition I have ever helped prepare kids for. Uh, and it will continue to be the hardest. Um, well, I've done it now four times. And it's hard, but it's so rewarding. Uh, each year, each time it happens, we learn more. Um, this year, I got the opportunity, my chapter shared the stage with friends uh, and their chapters, which two years ago when we were premier chapter, was it two years ago? Something like that. You know, I really, did, I really didn't know anybody. And so now for it to happen again, and knowing some of those people on that stage, um, it was just so awesome. And we didn't win, but uh, you know, some friends did, and it was fun to be with my kids and cheer on someone else that won, although it wasn't us, because I feel for them to learn how to lose humbly uh, and gracefully is an important skill. And uh, even when we didn't win, all of my kids looked at me and they're like, we're ready for next year. So I'm excited that even during the hardest time of their lives, the hardest time to be an advisor, the hardest time to be an FFA member, they're still looking at ways to, I don't know, ruffle feathers, uh, you know, shake some trees, do things different uh, and make an impact when they they don't have to. So that's exciting for me. Um, will we be premier chapter next year? We hope, but um, with this year's challenges, uh, we have some barriers in front of us. And I think it's been a good challenge for my kids to push them outside their comfort zone, which is what some of our top fives were, where we were outside our comfort zone. So I feel they're going to have the same success and the same 
um, the same, you know, excitement to celebrate their, their growth and their learning because of it. So that's my last one. Um, before we wrap up, we wanted to talk about, uh, it's the new year. A lot of people are making their new year's resolutions. Brianna, have you ever made one and like committed to it? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay, good. I always have such great like plans and yeah. Well, so we didn't want to call it a resolution because clearly we don't do well at them. Um, so we're calling it our teacher intention. So our 2021 teacher intention, we each picked one and we're going to talk about what it is and how we're going to be successful at it. And then Brianna, we need to announce our book winner that we forgot about. Right. So you have that for the end. I do. Yes. Our, um, our book winner. Yeah. Okay. So my teacher intention is to get organized and this is personally and professionally. And I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to start in my personal life because I should work on my personal life more than I work on teaching sometimes. Um, I'm going to be intentional by each week picking something in my house that needs to be taken care of. So like I've already kind of started and I'm proud of myself and I'm going to, it's going to be achievable. So sometimes it could be a big job. Sometimes it could be a little job, but for example, I went through two of the drawers in my dresser that have you guys a billion FFA t-shirts. They have to go like they're going, they're in a garbage bag, like they're gone. So I'm going to wear so many of them. Oh my gosh. And my husband's like, Nikki, I don't know where else to put them. So it was time. So I'm going to pick something each week that has to be done. And I have a week to do it. And I think I'm going to, uh, for example, put stick. So the kitchen, I think is going to be my first task. And I'm going to stay in the kitchen. I don't cook, but I like things clean. And I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I have so much, like so much crap in there. So I'm going to put a sticky note on all my cupboards. It's going to look weird for a little while. It's fine. And then when I clean out that cupboard and I mean like declutter it, wipe it out, clean the stuff that's in it, put it back in. I'm going to take the sticky note away. So all of the cupboards eventually won't have a sticky note on them. Um, I've already kind of started doing that. So I'm going to continue to do that. And I'm going to pick areas of my house that have clutter uh, my closet is going to be one of them on that list and just start to kind of get organized because I feel better when I can come home to a clean house uh, and a clean world and so I can relax and I I can really tell my anxiety is terrible when I am at work and I have a lot of stress at work and I come home and then there's chaos here so I'm going to start here I'm also going to work on some organization at the school I have a student teacher this year Hannah Griss. I'm so excited to have her come and learn alongside me and my students. And so there's going to be some areas there that when she's teaching, I'm hoping to get some things a little better organized because I have a few kids that work for me and they tell me that I'm a hoarder. It's not that bad. Like they're exaggerating, but maybe they're not. I don't know, but I'm going to clean out some stuff there. So before those boys graduate, they can maybe tell me that I'm not a hoarder. So that's my, that's my 2021 teacher intention. 
Brianna, you got to help me stick to it. So what's yours? Mine is, and this is going to be very selfish, kind of, but to put myself first, I think you can be selfish in 2020, especially I put myself kind of last on that list. And it was like, what does everyone else need first? Um, so kind of along with that, putting myself first, um, both personally and professionally, kind of like you did, I would like to work out at least four days a week. And to accomplish that, I'm going to schedule it in my planner, the days that I'm going to work out because I'm very like obsessive about having everything checked off my to-do list. So once I get everything checked off my school to-do list, then I know that that night I need to also work out. Um, and I'm hoping that by putting it in my schedule and seeing it on my calendar, like just like I would have with a meeting, I wouldn't skip a meeting, right? So I'm gonna try that and see if that works. Um, and then professionally, I'm only going to stay late one night per week. And I'm going to set that on my calendar as well. So um, I know that that's the day. My fiance knows that that's the day. And um, that doesn't include like if we have CDE practices late or anything like that. That's like my personal stuff I need to get done at school. I'm only going to do one night a week late. Along with that, I'm also this is kind of one that I've had set for myself since I started teaching, but get everything done at school before I leave on Friday. So I don't have to come in on Sunday and print stuff or come in early Monday morning and print stuff because let's be honest, that never happens. This is going to be me January 3rd, <laughs> right? <laughs> because I, which I'm hoping attending Germany, like gets me in the groove again because oh lately I am struggling so maybe I'll go to the school and get some stuff done if not you'll I'll be there January 3rd the night before well I know that on Sunday night I'll be there printing stuff but I didn't do this in December so starting you know yeah yeah you're right you're right That's a good one. I hear a lot of people say that, that that's what they do um, for work-life balance and they really like it. So yeah, those are good. And we're going to be intentional. We're going to try. We might fail. That's okay. I mean, I didn't pick working out for a reason. <laughs> so, well, I just know that like, I feel better. I have more energy. I'm a yeah. better teacher because of it. Like when I student taught, I worked out every single night, like my cooperating teacher, Mr. Spellerberg, he would make fun of me because he would always see my car at the gym and how late did you work out tonight? But I felt so good and I had so much energy and I woke up every morning. Decompress like, oh yeah. A time to like reflect and think and like you listen to audiobooks and podcasts, like a time for you. Um, I need to be better at that. Maybe that can be a February thing. Let's see if I can declutter first. Well, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You know, I'm not going to start out working out two hours every single night. Like 30 minutes a day is all that I'm like setting the goal for myself and I can always go up from there. So, but no, we would love for all of you to do the same thing that we did. Come up with some of your top, top five or top, maybe you have top 10 from 2020. Maybe it was an awesome year for you. And reflect on it and really set some intentions for 2021 and po- like Nikki said post about them share with us we'd love to hear yeah. them and cheer you on yeah tag us on Facebook and Instagram um we we'd love to have people to keep us accountable too 
um, and be inspired by all of you. And this, this episode's dropping January 4th and you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, we're already four days in, it's too late. It's not too late. Uh, so pick something, pick a date to start. Uh, if you don't start till February, you don't start till February. But I think if you do anything for yourself and you're being intentional about it, um, can it, can it be bad? I don't think so. So, um, post about it, tag us. We'd love to be inspired by you and motivated by you. Um, and we, I don't know, we thank you for being on this journey with here by the all podcast, you know, since its inception in 2020, and we're excited to continue and, and learn along with all of you, uh, and, and continue making waves and changes and in, in the again world. So, um, that being said, Brianna, we have a prize to give away. We do. Yeah. We said a couple of weeks ago, we were going to give away the hashtag impact my life being the change book. We forgot Eric Godwin. We did. Yeah. Life got busy, but we're giving it away now. And it's the perfect time to grab that book, start doing those challenges to impact the people around mm -hmm. you. Um, so this winner for the book is Heather Pulley. So I will be messaging Heather to get that book sent to you. Congratulations. And thank you to everyone else that participated in that giveaway. We love giving things away and, and hearing mm -hmm. from all of our listeners too. Yeah. If, if there's anybody listening that has a lot of money and wants to sponsor our podcast, we'd love to give more things away. Uh, right now it's just us. <laughs> so um, yeah, anybody with money. Um, but uh i i did participate in the owl tails candy bracket how christmas cookies didn't make it is beyond me i was a little disappointed i don't even know what peanut butter roll-up is how did it win okay i know i have okay some of those candies i had to google when they did their podcast episode and they were talking about like nikki and brianna probably don't know what some of these are and they laughed like, oh, they probably do. No, I didn't. Like some of those I had to Google. What is peanut butter roll up? Oh, Someone tell me. It's amazing. I've only, I think I've only had it one time. Um, I don't know. I think I was surprised. I thought it would, I thought Christmas cookies would be the, the classic fave and yeah. they, they did me wrong. Um, it's basically a peanut butter pinwheel. I mean, look at this picture. I think maybe you should go out and make it for New Year's today, New Year's Eve. Oh, I know. I've never I, had that before. I think I've had it one time. And let I mean, come on, it's peanut butter. Anything in pinwheel form is good. So you hate peanut butter though. I, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of peanut butter. So anything no. on that bracket with peanut butter, Brianna was voting for the other one. I said fudge, and I also thought Oreo balls because Oreo balls are like Oreo balls are good. Except for they, I don't know. I feel like the amount of time it takes you to make Oreo balls and the amount of time it takes you to eat them, the time doesn't add up, and so like they disappear so much faster than it takes you to make them. So they're just they're a work of love. But come on, peanut butter roll up. That looks like it would take me all day to make. <laughs> and you wouldn't even eat it well yeah I was gonna say I wouldn't eat it so maybe the ratio is on for that yeah anyway so the owl tails uh the the gentleman at owl tails did a nice job with their candy bracket I listened to all the episodes oh my gosh I 
I had some good chuckles at Lewis. He was upset on some <laughs> on some of the picks. So that was pretty funny. But um, hey, I mean, Owltail showed you like a fun way to use March Madness in a bracket in your classroom. So get creative uh, because as you can see, adults everywhere were getting very heated <laughs> about which candies got picked. So imagine the engagement in your classroom. So uh, way to go Owltails. And I'm really sad I didn't win that cool cow because yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, they posted the winner and she had it already in her cute house and it was already deck. It wouldn't have looked that cute in my house. So it's probably good she won, but um yeah, really cool. So anyway, uh those of you listening, make sure you like here by the owl podcast and Facebook and Instagram. It's 2021, friends. Jump outside your comfort zone. Uh join us on the podcast. Uh message us. You can be a guest. It's really not that scary. And you don't even have to look good because we just use the audio. So, um, yeah, no, you don't even have to do your hair, your makeup. I promise we never do. No, yeah. I mean, join the club. You can wear sweatpants. Um, you don't even have to brush your teeth if you don't want to. So join us in 2021. Be a guest. If you have a future topic idea that you'd love to hear about, reach out to us as well. And we'll reach out to an expert in NA again on that topic and, um, we're just here to, to brag about all our cool ag ed friends. So thanks for everybody for listening. Um, make sure you like the podcast and stick with us for 2021.